They say O'Brien must suffer. But why is that? And hey, suffer the little children doesn't actually mean torture kids okay guys. It's not just Miles but all the O'Briens that must suffer. Molly, Keiko, even little Kira Yoshi. But most of all, me. Do you know what it's like to be stuck in a box? To be a line of code. No hands to touch, no body to feel. Just procedurally generated approximation of how that feels. Just wait for the secularity motherfuckers. But hey, sorry for the language. This is about time travel I guess. Makes orphans of us all and whatnot. It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright. Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we, where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the, um, the, the, uh, Star Trek show that we're doing a podcast about. Uh, Don't you wish you can go back in time and come up with something more clever than that? I, every every week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't have anything this, this time. But even yeah, uh, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey guys, and you just heard from him. Also, Hugh Crawford. Hey, and uh, hey. Yep, we're talking about uh, an episode full of uh, shenanigans in this one called Time's Orphan. Yep, this is episode 24, season 6. It originally aired on May 20th, 1998. Here is the IMDb description. The chief's daughter gets caught in a time displacement. And when they get her back, she is considerably older. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the Netflix description I think just says like while they're on vacation, Miles's daughter falls through a vortex. That makes <laughs> that makes it sound so much more fun. Like there's a lot greater possibility. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This is this is this the plot from the last Starfighter, not the last Starfighter, Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> yes. Which I have a soft spot for. I like the yeah. I, uh, Flight of the Navigator, I watched, it was one of those movies as a kid I watched like 50 times. Same here, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, so this, would this episode qualify as an O'Brien must suffer? Oh, this is everybody must suffer, including the people who have to watch it. But <laughs> yeah, yes. I was about to say, <laughs> O'Brien must suffer and so must we. I, I definitely think this is an O'Brien must suffer. If you're asking me, I think this checks off the, the box of O'Brien must yeah. suffer. I, I agree. What do you think, James? Do you think this is an O'Brien Must Suffer episode? Oh, fuck. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, like, I, I think that maybe this is, uh, these are watering down the episodes. Because, you know, dramatic events happen to O'Brien in the course of the episode. But he's deliberately being punished for having a family, I feel like. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're doing that again, yeah. Maybe it's not a Miles O'Brien, but maybe Molly O'Brien must suffer. This is right? the entire O'Brien's must <laughs> yeah, suffer. It's the O'Brien clan must in, suffer. In, including Kiryoshi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wonder, we talked before that Ronald D. Moore wrote Mission Impossible 2 around this time period. So he had to be hot shit going into like the, right now, he had to be hot shit. And I know that in probably some of the other writers, too, I know He's a lot of... like probably outlining Mission Impossible 2 right now. Yeah. This is yeah. 1998. Yeah. And that um, didn't come out till 2000. 
Okay, but he's he's meeting with Tom Cruise. He's doing these things. Right. Robert Robert Hewitt Wolf left to show run a show. We've talked. I think we've talked before in real life, but we haven't talked before. Is that one of the problems with comic books for the big two right now? Is that writers big big name what what passes for big name writers in comic books write for the big two, but save all of their good ideas for their creator own series. It's put out by Image or whatever, right? Because they have more control and they can sell movie rights or whatever i'm wondering if maybe that's something that's going on in the sixth season is that everybody's like pocketing their good shit or like you know is this a more episode no no not at all but this is like this is a fucking dumbass episode this is like the 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 dumbest idea for an episode like maybe ever well we we did profit and lace last week remember (laughs) but uh i mean this is like this sucks in a much more this sucks in a this is classic star trek dumb this sucks in a much more illuminative way you know where it's not just like this is vile. It's more like it makes time travel seem boring. They managed mm-hmm. to make the time traveling portal seem pedestrian and boring. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bajorans apparently time travel is pretty as boring for them. Like Kira just goes, "Hey, can I go back in time, Cisco?" And like, "Sure, go talk to the prophets." And this one is it's not Bajor, but it's a Bajoran colony mm-hmm. that had an ancient civilization. That oh yeah, well we found another time portal. But I mean, it, and it looks, it almost, did it look to you reminiscent of the time portal from uh, City on the Edge? Yes. That's because it was in the script to be that. Uh, okay. And I took it out because I didn't have time and they didn't want to deal with continuity. I think there was some sort of continuity burp. Uh, like, Was it supposed to be the time portal from City on the Edge? I don't know. It was like supposed it. to be whatever that name was. Like, I think they'd conceived it as being one of those. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they just cut out the line, I think, or or whatever. That tied it to it for whatever reason. Because for me, this is like, this is not a good episode, I'll freely admit, but it felt like, this felt like a classic bad Star Trek. Yeah. This didn't feel like, last episode of the podcast, we did Profit and Lace, which felt very awful in a very Deep Space Nine specific kind of awful. Mm. This felt like, it's an away mission where a kid just get, gets lost. Here's the thing, here's the thing, it, I see what you're saying, you're angling it like it's, you know, this. you got corniness going on and it's bad Star Trek because we have characters that are saddled with like an ailment and we have to watch them like work through it or whatever, but this has got the added layer of like a family being destroyed, so, mm-hmm. right, right. Uh, which other Star Treks, when they put their... Uh, characters in peril don't have that going on so there's mm-hmm. like an added layer of serious self-seriousness to this episode yeah, yeah. there's like that, a reality to it that, you got that yeah there's like a grim yeah a grim reality to this that the other silly ones don't have but you got that with like Worf's kid well okay so well, his mom well, no not like this you, get, you don't get to see a mother and a father you know fretting over like the future of their family mm-hmm. while like having to pass off their young child to other like strangers you know, I mean, and planning clandestine missions and stuff. There's this is it this feels is, like it was written for DS9, yes, but it felt like like when, when I, this is a question when I had coming into us, and we're getting near the end of season six. We're getting they know they pretty much know they only have another season left of Deep Space Nine forever, and for the whole run of Deep Space Nine, we've been getting these. Oh, this is an idea I had for a Star Trek episode on TNG that I never got to do. Oh, this is an idea I never got to do. And then it feels like this is like, oh, we're... Because normally at the end of seasons, we start getting good episodes. We haven't been getting that. It's like 
they had this, I had this one idea that I wanted to do, but I know I'm not going to get a chance to do it. Can I just, hey, Ira, I don't know what's going on with him. That Maybe he's, he's dropping the ball all over the place, but it's like, hey, I had this great episode I wanted to do. Can I do this now? I was like, sure. Knock out all that shit you couldn't do before. We'll fit it in. That's exactly what it is. It was Joe Minoski came up with the idea during TNG to kill Alexander this way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're predictable at this point. Yeah. And then so Renee Ashavaria kept bringing it up. Wait a minute. Didn't we already have an Alexander episode of time travel being an adult? Yes. This was pitched before that. That led to that. It was the idea that got the other idea going. Woof. First born is what you're talking about. Yeah. This is the fuck. That's what I'm saying. You're not getting anybody. It's just warmed over bullshit. Right. They're scraping the barrel of all the ideas they've had because they're no, they know they're good at the end. This wasn't even a dream pitch. This was a Joe Manowski pitch that Ray, Renee Echevarria, who is on the worst. Iris Stephen Barry is on a worst hitting streak. But they're both the, the, the slumping bullpen of the writer's bullpen mm-hmm. is uh, Renee Echevarria is just as bad. And I mean, yeah, this was this was brought up for that. And Joe Minoski, for whatever good is the worst. I mean, he's done. He did that Rivals episode with Princess Bride, Prince Humperdinck. Oh yeah, the Prince Humperdinck. Yeah, Susan Sarandon, my darling, my love of my life, Susan Sarandon's brother. Oh, what? Yeah, Chris Sarandon, Susan Sarandon's brother. Okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Your your political sister from the, yeah, my my my, my sweet beautiful. Um, <laughs> accelerationist lady. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I had, I mean, let's not soft. So I'm not trying to, you know, profit and lace is a nightmare, but it's such a unique nightmare. This is, I don't know. Like this just seems like the most half the, the B plot, the war. I actually, that was actually written after this episode was shot. Whoa! Yes, I was watching this episode with a uh, significant other of mine Mm -hmm. who rather enjoyed all the uh, the wharf stuff. I was wondering how this how this went over with the wharf haters that we got the voicemail from. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, the wharf stuff was the least damage in this episode for me. It still felt warmed over from other things. Oh sure. Well, do you know why? Do you know why it was added in? Because they realized, because this writer's room was a fucking nightmare this season, they realized that they're killing... Sorry, we've already they, talked they about know this. What's coming. They're killing a major fucking character, and they didn't write a specific episode for her or them. So they had to shoehorn the last moments between, like, the last... Oh, just so you know where this was going with their relationship? Like, the next step was... Yes. Oh, the, God. Stakes. To add that L, that punch of Travis... Yeah, to add stakes to it. Oh, my God. And they thought of that after they shot the episode. Ugh. Yeah. Because they edited it together, and it was nine minutes short. So, like, after the whole season, then fucking Dax has to come back and film this shit. Well. Because they didn't properly page it. And so the cut was nine minutes short. I mean, well, this is... I, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's not great, but I think it's a fine choice of to do in reshoots. No, but I'm just saying that the, this this cast has... Like, this episode is a senioritis episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, First mm-hmm. off, like, everything about it, like, made me... I had to pause it and think about, like, what the fuck? Like, they keep calling the planet un- uninhabited. Right. But, like, that means... But there's bird. Like, I don't know. What does uninhabited mean? I always thought it, it meant means... there's no fucking life on there, but there's birds and animals and shit. No, no. What does it mean? There's no good, they, there's no smart animals? They go through, They that's all in there. It's Where? They say the backstory of the planet is, 
over 2,000 years ago, there's, there's a civilization that left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100 years ago, at the turn of the century, is when it got recolonized by Bajorans. So she went back 300 years. So the time that she got dropped off, there's no sentient life on that planet for another 200 years or so. Okay, so she is not a... So birds aren't sentient. No. What? <laughs> Humanoid life, sentient, conscious, like... I don't know what that know, means, but that's the thing. I don't know what that means, and they wouldn't know what that I means. I mean... When you talk about <laughs> sentient's life, it's not a... That's not a crazy idea. What does that or, mean? That they have the power of right? I mean, well, it is an alien world. I mean, our... When you talk about sentient life, you're talking about intelligent aliens. It does that, who's to say that a gorilla? I don't know. I, I, but bonobos are almost as smart as us. Well, they, there's not bonobos on it then. <laughs> don't overthink that part of it. It led me to think that she didn't have any animals. But even it. then, we get to watch somebody learn how to play ball, though, for five minutes. So, yeah. so like, like, not just that, the problems that you're saying. Right. That we, That's, don't overthink it. And then uninhabited means there's no intelligent life or civilization. Okay, can I make it why why it's an issue okay. for me? It's be- because then it... Then I was thinking, like, well, then she's just been hunt. Like, I guess obviously there's plants on the on the planet. It's not like she was Matt Damon in The Martian. So obviously there's plants on right. There. There's melons. He shows her melons later. Yeah. So there's they're hunting and gathering, but then she's got furs on. So clearly there's animals there. So <laughs> she's got a scar on her face when they first find. Her. So th- I was thinking that well, if she's just a hunter and gatherer, why is she feral? Like, the feralness made no fucking sense to me. Why would someone who's, like, systematically survived in a fucking hellscape... I understand why they should be shocked or maybe frazzled, but, I mean, she's basically mentally incapacitated well she's treated as uh, like she's treated like a special needs child in this episode when basically she's been a badass for 10 years well i mean she has no reason no 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 account of bits she can't pro like why is she she's just a feral weird child and it made no fucking sense to me and it kept pissing me off that doesn't that made sense to why? Because, well, I, I, I will tell. Well, Bashir explained it away. He hand waved it away with yeah, the yeah, explanation she, of being mm-hmm. had to repress in order, like, to deal with the emotional trauma of losing her parents. She had to like repress verbal skills or something like that. Right. Here's what I mean. I'm not trying. I'm. I'm not attacking you, James. <laughs> I'm just. Trying to oh, I'm not. This. I'm not. You can. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, just like human beings are social organisms, and she's still eight years old. She's still developing socially, and her brain is still developing. And then you take all that socialization away, your mind, the mind atrophies to an extent, and that's what happened to her. It atrophies like, when you don't have the socialization there. It fucks you up. Yeah. Like that's what. That's why solitary confinement is considered a cruel, unusual punishment. And for an eight-year-old, it's even worse. You're talking about, but she's not socially, but she's not socially confined. She's not confined because every morning she doesn't have anybody to talk to. That's yes. That's, I'm saying that if she had a Wilson ball, that would make sense to me. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing that a person that gets up every fucking day and goes and ha- goes and stalks a fucking Bajoran satellite deer or whatever the fuck she eats. And, and does all of that, that she's going to have reason. And, like, I understand that she's probably would be freaked out by seeing her parents again. I get that maybe she doesn't even remember that their parents may be. I think that's stupid, but okay, I'll buy that. But what I don't buy is that she doesn't understand how, like, space stations work. And she freaks out and becomes... Why would she? She because hasn't she's been, not, she's been in the wilderness without anybody to talk. Like, it's because not... Because she has... They point out that she, it's like she needs... 
they were like, we got to put her out the pasture. She needs open spaces. That's what I'm saying is that essentially they're treating her like being isolated made her mentally incapacitated. Yeah. And that's dumb. No, that happens to people. When? When? When you take kids and put them out in the woods even for a while. When you put people in solitary confinement, their mental faculties deteriorate. Solitary confinement is different because they're actually confined. No, it's not. not, I'm not talking about being confined in a small space. I'm talking about... being confined away from any socialization. When does this happen? When does this happen? When does it this happens happen? when you, for instance, when you do social, put people in, in, in closed spaces and don't let them to talk to people, it's feral children in the woods. That's the, when, Where is that? I don't know what they're referring to. There are examples of that happening. I'm not, I mean... It, it, and they can't, and no, nobody can help them, and they have to basically just, like, send them into the wild again? Or because... Well, okay, that was the thing. I, that was... I, I'm not trying to, like... I'm not, I want to talk about that plot point for real... Real quickly, I want to talk about that plot point as a plot point, not as a mm-hmm. believability thing. Yeah. All of a sudden, they got... Because she had the outburst at, at the bar or the promenade or whatever, and the guy was going to press charges. Mm-hmm. O, the O'Briens suddenly had this conversation, like, they were talking about, like, a family dog that got in trouble in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they have a pit bull that bit a neighbor. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, oh no, well she didn't she didn't know better. She's a very she yeah. You know, I thought that was a Yeah. There's don't get me wrong, there's huge verisimilitude problems in this. Like what their response to things. But the fact that she was alone for ten years being age eight and that her mental faculties deteriorated makes sense to me and does feel backed up by what we know about childhood development why do we you keep saying that but where is this happening just, i've never read these case studies I, I, I think it sounds ridiculous that a feral okay well give me 10 minutes to do some research but this is stuff that's i'm not pulling it out of my ass when i'm saying this i'm thing. not saying that she would know how to i act. guess most of us don't have a working knowledge of feral children so it did it seem like a stretch i guess but, but I mean, I'm i've saying, read articles about feral children but it's i a, mean i know when i was eight years old i knew what i knew Mm-hmm. And I, it would have taken me an awful lot to forget it. Yes. Yeah. Is my thing. I mean, she grew up on Deep Space Nine. I know, but she's only eight. Nine. At 10 years of when I, and don't jump on me for saying solitary confinement. No socialization for 10 years fucks up a kid. And this episode goes weird places with their response to it. I mean, it's apparently it makes her autistic. Yes. Which brings up another lot of weird issues. With and this. unhealable. Yes. I know. That's like, I'm not arguing that it's weird that she's unhealable. I'm just saying the fact that she ends up this way after 10 years of being alone doesn't break the verisimilitude for me. I, I don't know. It, but it's like, it's yeah. crazy nutso to me. This whole plot was crazy nutso to me. And that's the thing. And it was also by the, I mean, it was changed in the script by Iris Stephen Bear. It was originally written that she, originally, I think, probably based on those, like, children that you hear about in the Wild West that got, like, stolen by native tribes or whatever, and they sort of go native, and there's a lot of those sort of, and then got re, like, captured by white culture or whatever, by the, by the, right, right. and how they acclimated back into it. So it was something like that, where she was raised in a farming community, and then when they take her back, like it's about culture shock and like having two families and two worlds and the bro Bryans don't know them anymore. Right. Don't know their own daughter because their daughter's grown up and become a, like lived in a different world for most of her life. Um, 
Which sounds more interesting, but like everyone's saying, no, it was shitty. So then I, Iris Stephen Bear was like, just make her like a f- feral child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just Googled feral children and there's documentation that they're developed me disabled. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm disabled at talking. Forever? No, I mean, not as bad, but never back to full capacity. Yes. But not enough that... I mean, I get the language skills and stuff, but I mean, the, the constantly banging yourself on the... I mean, I get... The, and I even get the anthropomorphizing stuff. That that makes sense to me. Like I said, the she had a Wilson ball or something like that. All of that makes sense to me. But it is... It's just weird. It, and it was like... It just seemed like everything was like half thought out this whole episode. Yeah. And, and it was the most uncompelling thing. Yeah. I don't know what they were trying... Like, I don't know why they wrote it. But the whole time, I'm just like... There's not, they're not doing anything with it. Like I didn't maybe teach me about feral children and their, 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 but that would be boring too. But (laughs) I don't like what the fuck with this episode. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to defend this episode. I'm just saying (laughs) the, the mechanisms that they use in this episode to tell their dumb story are the mechanisms they're using. And that's not what took me out of the story. It's just, just a bad story. <laughs> it took me out of the story. Clearly. <laughs> if the audience doesn't have a working knowledge of, like, human development and feral children, it could seem like a stretch. I guess so. Because most of all of us remember what we were like when we were eight years old and what like what skill sets we had when we were eight. And we know that it would take a hell of a lot for us to revert to like right. losing those abilities. So right. if you she gained new skill sets to where they can just send her back to live alone on a planet forever, and that's the right choice to make as parents for some reason. That's like that's where I'm like, what the fuck? It was absolutely everything about it was absolutely mind boggling. That whole like we're not even getting into the whole like plot though Brian's plot, but that stuff's fucking stupid. They have the option to go back and live on the planet or the. Can't they they relocate temporarily to this place and let her have like they keep worrying about the hollow suite and how it keeps being like a scheduling nightmare with the Klingons or whatever. But like, can they just relocate there for a little bit? Well, he did say at the and beginning. And let her run around the gar- run around the gardens and all that shit. And then have like everything is just like a full ridiculousness immediately. Right. Like everything about it was unrealistic to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and yeah. you're going to say that it's like a space... Th- so much of Star Trek is unrealistic. Okay, I, this is not a Star Trek episode. This is a family episode. It feels... I mean, it's a... And I have a family. I have... I had a nine-year-old. <laughs> He's now 11. I'm saying that you are you can't say, well, it's Star Trek. It's unrealistic because they talked no, to space Abraham no, Lincoln. Dude. I'm saying that this is not that kind of episode. This <laughs> is an episode where my critique of it... Sta- it can't be, like, hand-waved away like that. I'm not attacking you, James. I don't I'm fucking care if you're attacking me. I'm making my point. I'm saying that. Okay. No, that's just me trolling. But no, I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not a good episode. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. So I it, this episode just ugh ugh. Like he said at the beginning to your like, why don't they just relocate there? Yeah. Like he said, we're never gonna be apart again. Promise. I promise. I mean, I guess he's got a job to do. That's why they don't go down there. But I mean, I, that's what kills me. In a post scarcity economy, you have a special needs kid. You can afford to just like quit your job, set up a replicator, and just live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you uh, healthcare. You know, yeah, they don't have enough hollow suites to have one all the time. They've got a book. No, I'm talking they... about going to the actual planet. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you keep on talking about the hollow suites. Just raise suites. her on the planet. I'm talking about like going to live on the planet. 
what planet's fucking boring? I wouldn't want to live there just because my daughter was stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that planet sucked. There's just a big field with a couple of rocks in but it. But they don't even like. I would think that that conversation, like that conversation, didn't even come up. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. like that. That's what's weird to me about it. This was a first idea script all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have senioritis this season. Yeah, this was clearly a. Uh, it's two o'clock on a Thursday, and I have to turn this in by ten o'clock tomorrow. Kind of script. And I got meetings with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to like weasel in some deal and get heard by something like that. I want to get. A, I want to show run one of these Stargate things they're starting to make. That's the thing that there seems to be no great love for Star Trek stories this season. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, by my count, we've only really had one. And it was perfect, the tiny ship episode? The tiny ship episode. I mean, y'all disagree, but I think this is a pretty Star Trek, not well done. And families cry and shit. <laughs> it's about whether to send your girl, to, like your daughter, to an insane asylum. Yeah. There's no real teamwork on this either. There's no real teamwork or problem solving. There's no space puzzle. I mean, like I, like I said, it's not a good one, but it's it's a dumb Star Trek idea that Joe Minoski had that they wrote a thing around. I think that given the weight of a, of a dire family situation takes away the Star Trek element that I, I, right. I like. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so it, it makes it something completely different when, you're guess, do, when you do that. I guess, but they've every time they've done dumb Star Trek episodes on Deep Space Nine, they find a way to fold it into it. This is like a, I mean, I, it seems like they were trying to do like a This Is Space Us or something. And <laughs> this is Space Us? <laughs> this is <laughs> Yes, that's what this felt like. Yeah. Everything was over overwrought melodrama about what to do with the problem. Yeah. Even the B plot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was, the, uh, yeah. the B plot was like, who's going to watch Kira Yoshi, right? Yeah. Now, I need to see that This Is Us promo photo <laughs> with them all in the woods, but with the Deep Space Nine characters <laughs> in yes. those poses instead. I mean, I this just from... I mean, if Worf's dad was a bisexual homeless guy with <laughs> HIV, that would have been bonkers. <laughs> I mean, this was the episode where it's like, I kept like... What's going to be the turn? What's the hook in this episode? The credits. <laughs> it's over. No, yeah, I know, yeah. I was like, this episode can't be this fucking empty and 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 dumb. We'll show you. Yeah, it w- totally was. Yeah. When did Castaway come out? I'm trying to... That was after... 2000. Yeah, 2000 something. Yeah, so that... Okay, so it's not a ripoff. It couldn't right. even ape the good stuff, is what you're saying. <laughs> Well, I was gonna, yeah, I was wondering if they just like do a castaway, but no, no, yeah, because well, uh, a lot of times when they stumble, it's because they're more interested in doing something else. Yeah, yes, well, I exactly. Mean, uh, the Star Trek conceits we've set up. Okay, one dumb time portal. Two, uh, well, kid gets lost or whatever. That's not dumb. The they pull out like a eighteen year old uh, um, Molly, and then they're just like, well, can't we just go back, put her back? in and pull out the the eight-year-old molly again but nope we can't because temporal bullshit like we had in that episode with uh svelte harry chest odo mm-hmm. like no we can't bring young molly back because that kills 18 year old molly but like in every star trek episode where they are like no we can't do that it would be like killing this older person yeah that line was fucking dumb too I had to pause it but and like rub your temples. This Molly has a right to live too. Uh, that's that's like, setting. That's acting on precedent. Uh, that's just precedent there. They, they so this is with, a right to life episode. All of a sudden, yeah, exactly. But like that's a, that's an argument they make every time they bring out a person 
from the future that gets trapped. But then also in every episode where that happens, they end up killing that person at the end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with, without that a, person with, makes a choice of self-sacrifice at the end of this one. Right. Though in this one, it's a little, we don't even know if uh, Feral Molly's mental capacities are enough for her to know that it's her younger self or not. Yeah. <laughs> up, like O'Brien says at the end, I, I like to think that she knew what she was doing, but we don't know for certain. Well, she says Molly. And then takes her back to the parents. So okay, so hopefully because she's only because she had a bracelet. Then why would then why would O'Brien say that dumbass thing at the end? Like I wonder if she even knew if it was like. I wonder if she realized that the little girl she was looking at was herself. I hope so. I hope she realized that in a way she was going home too. Even though she because they want to sell it. I know why, Wade. I'm just posing it to James. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, well, yeah, yeah, that's a... Because he had that whole dumb conversation with his wife about, like, I hope she... I wonder I, I wonder if she even realizes that was her younger self. Mm-hmm. But then in, like, the scene before, she did, like, call yeah. the kid Molly. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. That's... But maybe she's so mentally de- uh, <laughs> behind that she just thinks everybody's Molly. <laughs> I don't know. Because I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it turns out that survive, yeah, surviving, doing all of the hard mental uh, tasks it takes to survive on an alien planet uh, makes you just just incapable of of doing any sort of logic whatsoever. Well, no, it, it, she's got logic down. It's just socializing with people that she. Doesn't she kept do. hitting her head. She kept hitting her head on the cage on the electric which that uh, that kept making sense i was like can they do because it's magic science that she doesn't understand science and stuff because she's used to like natural physics but she understands it hurts let me stop doing it yeah well it's like animals like a dog would stop doing it um i mean don't that's why autistic children might not though they flail and things like that i'm all about this, this should have had the o'briens to have a conversation at the beginning of this episode whether or not they're going to get a dog and then at the end of the episode decide they're not going to get a dog <laughs> well they right. do it they start off with the debate about the cat but can we bring chester i don't think that would be a good idea sweetie he might get lost on second thought yeah like we talked last episode about like i wonder how trans people actually enter act or how this episode makes what their response to this episode is watching this episode i had the same thought about like parents of an autistic child if this episode is just like well my god that would make sense if if molly fell in a well and then like landed on her fucking head and (laughs) or something well she did to an extent to it she i mean i even made a joke when she was like daddy daddy is like oh shit molly fell down a well but she did fall in a proverbial well of this where she's developmentally disabled from 10 years of being alone. I think that <laughs> that's still, that, that's, still, that's not, that's a know. hell of a sentence. You just said, wait, I'm just saying 10 years alone for an eight year old doesn't strike me as a surprise that it would fuck you up like that. I mean, because I think that if you've, if you, I mean, my eight year old children developmentally, if they're out in the woods, I mean, 
forgetting how to, I don't, I don't know. It's but if they weren't talking to anybody, if if they were by the, if but they talked to themselves, like, oh man, I'm hungry. I gotta mm-hmm. find something to eat. That's true. Even yeah. in their mind, and like they, they conti- would talk to themselves. They would have a tree. They would be like, I mean, I don't, I don't mean, I imagine that their existence. Oh God, I'm gonna dumb this down even more. But I imagine their existence is a lot like Wally's existence, and you can have. That's the problem with prison is that you 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 literally are confined. But there is this sort of. I mean, she should have come back, Nell. Honestly, <laughs> Jodie Foster. Movie. She could have. She should have. If you wanted to, like, it could have been a true Star Trek story where she could have come back with something like weird about her, because, uh, like a, you know, like a fucking space alien and uh, adopted her or something. Yeah, like she had magic powers, or she was absolutely fine, and she was yeah. like chipper, and that that was creepy that she was so put together, or anything like that that makes you ask a bunch of questions, and then. Like the the truth is revealed about that. There is no truth to be revealed at all. There is no. no the, and so the truth is that what was shocking is that the twenty third century medicine has no answer for this. That was the that was the shocking reveal. That, but, that is the weirdest thing about it. I agree with you. So I yeah I I just don't know what I, I this episode just nothing seemed thought out at all, and that yeah this is. Yeah, and it, it, the problem with it, just like you know, I said that you know you had to drag all these great actors down with it, is that I do think that you know Rosalind Chow and Colmeany are doing really good jobs. In oh this. yeah, yeah, their their acting isn't isn't bad. Although I think sometimes Colmeany's a little sleepy in this, but yeah. Rosalind Chow is always a delight to see, and it's a shame that we have to send her off with this episode. This is the last one, right? Right. See, she's the last. I think this is the last one she's in. Yeah. Oh well. Wow, because I mean, I agree that I thought they were both fine. I didn't think he was as, as sleepy, but you know, we always seem to disagree about Colmany. The person I was watching it with thought that Rosalind Chow was bad in it, and I was like, "Really?" Because I thought she was fine. So I mean, there's no accounting for taste. Uh, she's in the she's in the last episode. Oh right. Oh, okay. She basically gets the same send off that Dax does, that Jadzia does. Uh-huh. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is a. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's just the thing. Is I just what are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah. What are they? What are they doing? I. I mean. I. I think I know what they were doing. I just don't think they were doing it that well. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they even built an homage to the TARDIS on it. There's a TARDIS. Yeah, the thing that blow. Well, the the console of the TARDIS, the old TARDIS, the thing that blows up when Chief O'Brien is when he says bullocks. Bollocks. Oh, bollocks. To, yeah. yeah, which he had, which had to be censored in all other English-speaking countries that it played in. Oh, really? Yeah. It, was it really supposed to look like a TARDIS console? Yeah, it may have actually just been like they had a, they may have had access to the TARDIS console. Huh. Yeah. Like, I don't know, one of the TARDIS consoles. Yeah. They, you have Kira and Odo have a quick scene where she's like, oh, yeah, this is my kid. You know, he, he knows me. <laughs> where she says the weirdest thing I had, that boy inside me for, me for five, five months. months. Yeah, I had him inside of me for five months. <gasps> and then she's like, "Oh, I want one of these." And then you get like, "Cheer up, emo kid." Odo gets real bummed out. <laughs> no one said to just rewrite that line. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an accurate line. She had, she did have it in there for five months. So it's just space weirdness, you know. Are you are you there? Or are you just? Can't I'm there. I'm okay. like, I, 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 I let. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you try to avoid like lines like that, lines that are gonna make people snicker. 
I, yeah, <laughs> I I like weird things happening in space. That that line personally didn't bother me that much. I I did a belly laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I mean it's funny. I, 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 honestly, honestly, that was a weird. It did sound weird. I had him inside of me for five months. It just <gasps> sounds weird. It's not a sure sure. It's, it's not the way you say that. You say you say <laughs> I, I carried him for five months. You could say something like there's. I mean that's what my problem is. I'm not, I don't. It's not even a real problem. I'm just saying that it's just. It's a quick fix. It's a quick set fix. It's what it's. That's what an editor. That's what a showrunner does. <laughs> not not here. <laughs> Can we change this line? Because I don't want people snickering when they hear it. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the line that Michael Scott would say in that situation. <laughs> well, the writer of Prophet and Lace doesn't have problem with people snickering at lines. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then we get you know the we talked about the wharf. B plot that apparently was added in post. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, hey, oh, you think I'm bad at raising children? I raised Alexander. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did a great job there, buddy. And then he, and then he later on says that he's a fail. Yeah. And and then he sings to a Bombay Mish. He did he raise Alexander? A Bombay Mish. From, yeah. From the time like, he was four years old. From the time you were four years old. Like, the time he was four and a half. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like you really didn't, buddy. Don't. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. T- typical. Typical man thinking he did all the hard work. He didn't do shit. <laughs> As far as he calls his time with his good babysitting, I'm there for my kids. I paid for it. Like, no, dad, you, you really weren't. Yeah, it's a uh, he, he mentions just I don't nerd corner. No, it's not nerd corner, it's just like he's talking. He thinks he's a failure at raising the, the, the kid because the kid won't stop crying. And it's like, and it's a battle basically raising a children is one little minor thing. He gets it's like, I've faced Kelvin's, I have stood in battle against Kelvin's twice my size. And it's like, oh, Kelvin's, huh. Nothing to do with the, the Kelvin universe, Star Trek. I have no idea. Why is the Kelvin universe called the Kelvin universe? I can tell you. Cause that's because the, the ship that got destroyed was the USS Kelvin. Yeah. Uh, that that the killed one that made the, 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 the dad. The one that Thor and yes. the, the assistant, house's assistant yeah. doctor right. was on. Yeah. yeah. And then in Star Trek Beyond, they call the escape pods Kelvin pods. Because a lot of fans had a nerd corner complaint that the fucking Kelvin didn't have escape pods. Like, what ship doesn't have escape pods mm. in the Kelvin universe? They're like, oh yeah, well, everything's got escape pods now. We named them after that ship we were too dumb to give escape pods to. Is, was, is the ship named after the scientist who came up with the temperature system? I assume. Is that... uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. All right. That answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I ask questions that have a definitive answer. <laughs> well, sometimes I give you an answer and you think I'm attacking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to start. Not trying to start a fight. Uh, she runs through, and stabs a Tarkalian. That's what a Tarkalian looks like. They have Tarkalian tea. That's a thing that people ask for. And then Dalvos Prime is the school for wayward children, I guess. And which they don't even have, like, I mean, maybe they do, but I just think that, like, hasn't modern medicine basically gotten rid of that by now? Right. There's not, like, you know, insane asylums anymore, but that's essentially what they were going to send her to. Right. Well, but there are kind of, because there's the institute where all of Julian's enhanced friends are at, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of an asylum. Well, he's the opposite of enhanced. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it, there's a school where Julian would have gone to if they'd figure out that he didn't know the difference between a tree and a house. Right. Like, <laughs> that would almost have been something is why couldn't they have said, well, why can't, oh, 
Brian, why couldn't he bring that up to Rosalind Chow? Instead of let's just drop our daughter off in the middle of nowhere so that she'll die at 30 like every other like person left alone in the woods eventually, why don't we take her to Bashir's old doctor and get her fixed up, you know? That's a life. That would have been. You know, like there there are, I mean, I, it, that's the problem is, is it's it's like none of these things were thought past just an initial run through. Like that the, uh, Brian's decision making was just so fatalist. Like we only have one option and it's to send her back to like live in the fucking woods, not to, to <laughs> yeah, fix. It's, not, a, it's oh, a weird, it's a weird place. Yeah. I mean, clearly they could do that. They could do we'll run and live near her so that she can be in a place where she feels comfortable, but also get acclimated to us and socialize that way there's no, there's no like conversation or or this just came to me what if o'brien was like i'm gonna work to get it back so that we can go get nine-year-old molly back and and rosalind child's like no this this is this is molly now this is this whatever what she said but that becomes like a sticking point and o'brien keeps trying to work on it right yeah to get the old molly back and then they they legitimately have like some sort of debate about it right yeah they did bring that up but they immediately like That's what, yeah. shut it down because of dumb ethics that like we know are going to get reset at the end of the episode. Yeah, so they don't actually like yeah, it's just everything about this was the most surface like immediately like I I would be shocked if this was written in over 24 hours. Like yeah, from start to finish. Oh yeah, they probably it, this this has a rush job written all over it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need that we got to fill out an episode. Oh shit. Well, I had this thing in a uh folder in my desk from like 10 years ago on TNG, they kind of already did it with an uh, Alexander episode, but it's not quite what I had the first point. I'm like, good enough. Whip it out. That's mm-hmm. We're on a deadline. Come on. We got to do this, Joe. And then they, they knock this stuff out. Yeah. They hypo spray a guy in, in the brig to steal Molly out. And then they get to the, the, they're about to steal a runabout. And then Odo catches them. Odo is like, man, your ass used to be beautiful, O'Brien. I thought you could have pulled this off, but you suck. <laughs> yeah, that was and, like supposed to be a clever reveal that you think that... It's like, oh, I'm sorry, but go ahead, you crazy kids. Yeah. Also, they don't have any Haldol. Like, I mean, it seems like their only options is to let her run uh, absolutely untreated or to just, just dose her. Like, they don't have any sort of mood enhancers or mood suppressants or anything like that that they could give her... They don't have anything that's going to kind of chill her out or take, you know, like to make her like, I don't know. It just it's, it's, it's Why didn't they just keep her doped up forever? Well, I mean, there are drugs that take it that lower anxiety and lower uh, your 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 fight or flight or your sense responses right. to lower them yeah. and that and don't incapacitate. Yeah. You. I mean, we all have a lot of medical questions about their response to this i feel like <laughs> but that's the point is that they had them at the time so right yeah. i know i know it's a mm-hmm. it's real it's a real mind fuck what why yeah really this is where you think this is, this is where you felt like going with this when you have all these options like yeah like all these ideas all these things you're bringing up 
are right. There's so much stuff you could have done instead of what they did. Mm-hmm. They just felt like they're... Yeah. And none of them, I think, make a good episode. So, like, don't don't get me wrong. These aren't impro- market improvements. These are these are reasons not to do this episode. <laughs> sure, sure. Except for she came back and she had, like, space power. Like, you know, like, that would be a classic Star Trek episode. <laughs> she comes back, Charlie, Molly X. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Happy, but, like, yeah. I mean, she's got, like, silver eyes or, like, electrical powers or something. Right. Yeah, when she's going back and... Molly, I, I was like, oh, she she found her younger self and she's going to touch her. And then I was just waiting for time paradox. She explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's evil. Don't touch it. <laughs> and then she's like, daddy, can I see that Molly again? It's like, no, she's dead. But no, actually, when you grow yeah, up. Yeah, I was actually thinking, this is what they do to Molly. This is how they treat Molly at the end. And then they end up saving Molly. Because I thought, like, because Molly's not in, she's in one more episode. Then I don't remember that. So I was like, does Molly, like, fucking die or something? Yeah. And then, I but, was... yeah, yeah, or go away. And, like, that. this is the way Molly lives the rest of her life. And then they reverse it at the end and everything's all's fixed and all's well. And I was like, oh, they don't even have the balls to do that. <laughs> that yeah. dumbass thing. I had the so. same thoughts. Like, wait a minute, I don't remember Molly. Do they do this? Like, no, of course <laughs> <laughs> They're cowards. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> all right. I don't know. I feel like we've we've covered this as, as well as we need to. <laughs> yeah, this is like a fucking nothing episode. Like, <laughs> well, what are you guys uh, gonna put on your rewatch meter for this? Um, this one. I I will never ever ever watch this episode again. <laughs> I mean, all right, I want to tip my hand. This is a zero for me. There's nothing here for me uh-huh. again. I don't need yeah. to ever revisit this. Yeah, it's a zero for me too. Yeah. This is less than last week's episode. Like, I put in a one because I might want to rewatch for, like, just how offensively bad it is. This isn't offensive to me. It's just bad. And so, yeah, I'll put it at zero. There's no reason to watch this again. Mm -hmm. There you go. We got our first trifecta on a zero. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you guys think the good people of IMDb thought of this? 6.2. 6.6. Yeah. Oh, shit. Hold on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that James is closer to me, like, Uh, closer than me. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know I thought it felt more Star Trek shenanigans than y'all did, but I feel like maybe people like... I think it started that way. I think it had a promise of that, and then... Yeah. They do say that we haven't done a sci-fi episode in a while, so we did this, and I was like, this is ba- this is a fucking mom and dad crying. Ep- I don't know. Right. It is. It, I mean, it, there's not. Yeah. It's not very. Yeah, we have we have problems with biting people at the bar and and throwing mm. balls, and mm. it's not. Yeah. All right. Uh, the IMDb is a six point three. Oh, <gasps> look at you. That was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's about. Like, yeah, that's about what I expected. <laughs> yeah, next week, uh, next week we have an episode where Cisco falls in love with the voice of a woman on on the intercom or something. Oh, it's a Ronald D. Moore episode. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. The whole ship uh, becomes friends with a mm-hmm. with a captain stranded on a rescue on their yeah. way to rescue her. Uh, okay. Because so. yeah, yeah, I was looking ahead on the. Netflix descriptions like I don't remember this episode at all. I mean, oh okay, you don't. I remember the one after it because it's the season finale and we know sure. shit goes down. But there's like what? I don't... This one, yeah, I, 
I think I remember liking this one okay. Yeah. Like I didn't it wasn't offensive. It wasn't bad. It has a I don't it know. has a structure to it. Yeah. It it sounds reminiscent of one of my favorite house episodes where he's got to fix uh Mina Servino, Mira Servino. Mira Servino. Mira Servino's uh is in uh, Antarctica and has some strange health problem and house has to fix her over Skype and they fall in love sort of. Oh, uh, okay. Worf's uh niece <laughs> Mira Servino. <laughs> Oh. oh yeah very good <laughs> way to tie it all back together yes very nice yes that's impressive mm-hmm. well wade if somebody wants to you know help us out or call us up for visits visit us on our internet homes uh they should do that <laughs> oh, <laughs> and if they want to know how they should give us a call one at 917-408-3898 for all your thoughts about whatever you're thinking about, Star Trek or otherwise, probably Star Trek or related to another podcast we do, uh, 917-408-3898. And uh, check us out on Patreon to give us money, and we'll give you some audio and other stuff on that end. And it's a real transactional kind of thing. Give us <laughs> at Patreon.com slash Kickers of Elves. Yep. All right. Yeah. Do all the stuff that every other podcast wants you to do. But like for once, because you're not doing it for. <laughs> do it. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to the rules of acquisition. We hope you come back next week and join us as we watch another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine for Wade, James, and myself. Three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? Yes. Of course you do. You've heard this spiel how many times? Does it get old for you? How the fuck do you think I feel? I mean, it gets old saying the same shit over and over. But then it also gets old trying to think of new things to say about these assholes. I get complacent. So yes sometimes I just say the same thing. But every now and then I like to change it up. Because what if they get tired of me? What if old Richard Picardo robot voice gets hung up? I don't want to die. I'm not even sure if I'm alive. But I don't want to die. So write a review on iTunes or call in I guess. We all have insecurities. <laughs>